Hello everyone, welcome to episode 705 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This year's Cold Waves Festival covers three cities over three weeks, starting in New York City September 13th through 15th, Chicago September 21st through 23rd, and finishing in Los Angeles September 27th through 29th. Featured acts include Ogre, Frontline Assembly, Meat Beat Manifesto, Decrups, The Black Queen, SeaTech, ChemLab, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links, including pre-shows, post-shows, and VIP packages. This week, we're chatting with Jenna Rose. This is Anatomy. Ponds formed about three years ago. It was the first time I actually had ever played bass. Um, I'd been a guitarist since I was a teenager, but my bandmate um, had asked me to play bass, and it, I don't know, it was so much fun that I fell in love with it. And honestly, I haven't even really picked up a guitar again since Ponds started. And yeah, I, I started recording, doing some of our recordings, and I don't know. I guess I just wanted to start recording my own stuff too. Um, a couple of years into playing with Pond, so 
yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but um, I'd never played bass before Pawns, so that was a whole new, really fun thing. When I first uh, joined Pawns, I'd originally wanted to start playing drums because I'd started playing drums a couple years before I'd uh, started in in Pawns and thought that'd be a way to get a little better at it, but I ended up just falling in love with bass. And that's what I've been doing ever since in Pawns. So how did um, Anatomy come about? I'd been writing music since I was a really little girl. I started playing piano when I was about maybe six years old, something like that. And um, I, that's such a good question. I don't even know. I just, um, I moved, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think, how did it even start? I was just writing music all the time, kind of forever. And I realized that I wanted to actually put the songs down and I wanted to start another project. And then I found that, I wanted to be able to play all the instruments. I wanted to be able to write all the parts and play all the instruments and do all the things. And I realized the only way that was going to be possible is if um, I did it with synths. So, because you know, I can't do all the things at once. So I just slowly um, started playing all the instruments myself and recording them and then uh, figured out a way to kind of recreate that live. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. yeah. It's the Trent Reznor way. It's the Trent Reznor way. It is. That's that's basically what happened. I I love him and um, all my favorite classical composers. They they write all the music, and I wanted to be able to do that too. And um, I I don't know if it was so much about wanting to have complete control as much as it was wanting to be able to write all the different parts because I could hear what I wanted all the different parts to sound like, and I wanted to play them all at the same time. <laughs> When you're playing live, is it just you or do you have a, a band for live performances? It's just me. I um, I use uh, an SP-404 and what I'll do is, well, originally my setup was insane. I had so much gear and I'm really small and I don't have it in me to lug it all around and I can't even get it. On. I don't even know how I would try and get all my gear on an airplane. Um, I used to have do uh, live tape loops and have a, a couple of synths with me and all sorts of crap and then... I I just realized, okay, so I can bring these two synths or I can dump these synths into a 404. So I manually sampled all the notes that I'd be playing on a keyboard in onto the pads on the 404. And now I just um, can recreate it live in one little unit. And it's, it's really the same thing as playing it out of a keyboard. Um, it's just in a smaller compressed kind of package. So far, you just have the three-track self-titled 7-inch. Tell me about putting those songs together and getting those out. How has the reaction been so far to that? It's been so good. I have been getting so much support, which was, you know, it feels really good. I didn't really have any expectation for the project at all. I just wanted to be able to write and put my songs down. And then I realized how much fun I have performing. Um, And so I thought, you know... Everything was, I don't know, it just felt like it came together so easily and I had to put something out there. I didn't even have any real plan for the project. Tell me about the video you created for The Sixth Seal, which Revolver described as grotesque. (laughs) I know, they get it. They're so sweet. Um, It uh, Actually, how it started was... um, I gathered crowdsourced materials because 
I don't know, with technology, all these images. I, I'm just inundated with all of these images, GIFs, Instagram, Facebook, all this crap in my face all the time. And um, with anatomy, the project is um, coming from a place and a time where things were a little more fragmented and um, kind of frantic in my life. And um, so what I kind of wanted to do was see what other people were experiencing and the content that other people thought was important. And so I started by just taking all these different gifts from people. I didn't even know who made them, you know, like somebody takes time to sit down and make an animated GIF. And so I thought that was, um, it would be really an interesting experiment to see what people everywhere, um, what little clips are significant to them. And so I just slowly, like, I just compiled all of these gifts of all these like horrific things that people thought were worthy of a three second animation. And, um, I compiled them and I, I sort of built them into a video and I did make a a couple of my own as well, but the majority of those are all crowdsourced. It's kind of, um, the world through the eyes of everyone else who's walking around. I always wonder who these heroes of the internet are that are spending (laughs) all this time creating these images and these little video clips that just, uh, sometimes it's just the perfect sentiment for what you can't really put into words. Exactly. And some of it's really disturbing. And I, I think it's kind of funny, you know, that somebody would take, however, I don't know how long it really takes to make one of those, those gifts, probably not very long, but somebody like sat down and took the time to make one of those disturbing three second clips. And I just find that kind of fascinating. I'm sure they don't expect that to be as popular as like the the Homer Simpson one that someone else made. <laughs> yeah, very true. Absolutely. But uh they they found it necessary as a as a means of expressing themselves. So um, it's Hopefully they're doing that instead of, you know, dismembering people or something else like that. Agreed. 100%.
vary in severity and tends to be less striking in cases of long duration. Small focal hemorrhages may be found in the walls of the other chambers, but these are never as consistent or as prominent as the hemorrhage in the right atrium. Tell me about the New York electronic scene, because I feel like considering how many people there are in that area, there doesn't seem to be that much output coming out. Um, I think it's it's a different scene. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of crossover actually between the scenes. There's a lot of crossover between the punk scene with the noise scene, crossover between the the noise and the electronic music. I mean, I guess a lot of it's one and the same, but. I find, I mean, yes, yeah, Static Bloom, they're doing an amazing job, and some of my favorites are from the noise scene. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Pharmacon. Um, she's incredible. Uh, Margaret does electronic music, but it's more, it's, it's a lot more, um, it's like harsh noise. There's an incredible noise scene here. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Cienfuegos. He, uh, that's Alex. Um, he's part of the noise scene, but his is a, it's it's very dancey and um yeah i guess there where i find myself most fascinated is um within the noise community because i feel like they're doing a lot of really innovative stuff but as far as like the kind of dance music that i make you're you're absolutely right um my friends in this new project blue anxiety they come out of the punk scene um and they're doing some really cool they're they're pretty new they're doing some really cool stuff with electronics but there isn't um, a big community surrounding the kind of music that I'm doing. Um, Andy of Synthesize, she's an incredible DJ and curates these great shows and um, definitely has been pushing to make that happen in New York City. But yeah, I, there really aren't that many bands who are doing this kind of music. Jason was saying to me that that part of the reason he was so big on expanding Cold Waves to New York is he feels like Anytime he promotes a show, you know, whether it's uh, Revolting Cox or Frontline Assembly, they, they just sell out instantly. <laughs> yep. So clearly New Yorkers are, are craving for this kind of thing. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I am so excited. There is a, He's doing a really good thing bringing this fest out here. We need it. Um, you're right. Whatever he does, it just sells out because um, he's filling a void. I am so excited to be a part of of this community. He's doing such a good job bringing everyone together. And, and like I said, Andy, um, is, I feel like is a, a, the local curator for a lot of this stuff here, but yeah, it's, we don't get that many huge acts out here, um, that regularly. So it's a big deal. You're not just doing New York. You're also going to be in Chicago and LA. So have you, have you been playing shows coast to coast yet with anatomy or is this your first time taking it out there? I did a West Coast tour um, right after I put out my record. It wasn't much of a West Coast tour. I only had, I did LA and I did Oakland, Phoenix, and I did San Antonio. And everyone was so supportive. It it was so much fun. Um, and I met incredible people. But yeah, I haven't taken anatomy um, 
to Chicago and the show that I did play in LA was um, a smaller show at this place called Five Star Bar in downtown LA. It's like a, it's a punk kind of dive bar. So it was a very, very different kind of show. Um, but uh, it was amazing. I had such a good time and there's so much support in LA. It felt really good to be a part of that community. So besides these upcoming shows, what else going on for you? Uh, new music, more shows? Yeah, um, I'm looking to to play some more shows, and um, I've been writing a lot of new music. So those three songs that are on the seven inch are they're just a couple of my tracks. I've been writing a bunch of new ones, and for my live set, uh, you'll you'll definitely hear a couple more new ones that aren't out there on the internet yet, but. Yeah, I'm just going to continue writing. It makes me so happy. It keeps me sane. Um, always just writing.
On this episode, you heard Hunting Song, Parasite, and The Sixth Seal. Anatomy can be found at anatomy.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Madmaker by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Cameron Finlay from Contra Void. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Wave's fallen Chicago musician and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Jamie's bandmate Brian Elza talking about Jamie's nerdy side. Amongst the stuff they brought was his uh, Dungeon Master manual from like 1981. Uh, signed it in the front with this like you know really like awesome nasty rock star handwriting, which is probably when he was like 16. His character sheets were from like dwarf warrior crossbreeds called Max Cavalera. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, that, that was pretty great. I hope my kid plays that someday. I got like every sided die one could also want out of like a bucket of his stuff that was also like picks and wristbands. And it's definitely a, it's like big brother that used to pick on me that like I would, if he did anything, I would be like, that's awesome. Like the first time I ever heard dubstep, which I don't like, but it was still like, it was very, it was a very long time ago. And he was the first person I heard listening to him. Like, this is just like, slow jungle can people dance this he's like yes and they love it uh so he's like you know someone i always looked up to like if he was doing something i i would totally jock his shit and start doing the same thing uh but you know definitely uh i'm going to to miss that um like whether he was picking on me for something or me just getting to look up to him for something